welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. Open up your Bibles to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, we're going to read 20 Bible verses. This is the Christmas story, what we're about to read in our Bibles. The Christmas story is one that is, uh, that, that book there really did highlight what was being told with the birth of Jesus and all the different characters and all the workings of God. But here we're going to see how there was a multitude, the Bible says, of a heavenly host, how God all of a sudden brought these angels just from very common, unsuspecting people, just an ordinary day, and next thing you know, they're having a divine encounter ready to meet the Lord. And throughout our life, we will have times where we are, are in many ways uh, caught off guard or surprised or uh, anticipating, looking forward to what God is going to do. And that certainly was the case right here. In every single instance we read here in the Bible, we see the Lord at work and how He was even using Caesar Augustus to bring Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem to prepare them for this. So we're in our Bibles, Luke chapter 2, verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole Roman Empire should be registered. Caesar Augustus, let me explain Bible times. The Roman Empire was the most powerful empire uh, in many ways since, uh, in all of human existence since then. It lasted centuries, you know, five, six, seven hundred years. And during the time of Jesus, Rome had most of this area. That means everybody wasn't a Roman citizen at this time. Their empire had roughly 45 million people. Now remember, this is 2,000 years ago. So 45 million people were a lot. Of those 45 million people, only 4 million of them were actually Roman citizens. So most of the people in the Roman Empire were not Roman citizens. They were just citizens of other countries, but they graciously paid their taxes to Caesar. So he wanted all these people. It's like here in America, let's say we had 300 million people and 250 were million were U.S. citizens and 50 million were non-U.S. citizens, but those still 50 million people still pay the government money. So that's how you, we're still going to tax you even though you're in our country. So that, that's what was going on during Jesus' time. Jesus was living in a country of Israel, but it was influenced and under the Roman Empire. And this, this uh, emperor here, Caesar Augustus, felt like it's now time to me to make sure I don't miss anyone so we're going to have a census so I can make sure I collect all my tax revenue. Because that's all he wanted. He, he wanted money. This is a powerful man. Most powerful man in the world. But he had no clue that he was being led by the Holy Spirit and the Lord to actually, this is what God's going to do, to lead this little family from Nazareth, which is 80 miles north of Bethlehem, down to Bethlehem, the city of David, so they can register to pay their taxes. This first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee and Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. David was born, the great king, thousand years before Jesus, was born in Bethlehem. And Jesus was from that lineage because 
he was from the house and family line of David. So Joseph is bringing his family, they're engaged, to Bethlehem to register for the census. He's, he's going down there, he's engaged, he registered along with Mary, who's engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, so it probably was not the very first night they arrived, but maybe a few days later, they had just journeyed this long distance down to Bethlehem. And while they were there, look what happened. The time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, last night we went to this place called Creation Museum, which is in northern Kentucky in Petersburg. And that is such a fantastic place that recreates the experiences of what it was like during the Bible. And I actually took a picture of it, of what it was like. I want to show you this picture of this is what very likely it looked like. This was on a stage. They did this recreation of what Jesus' home or Jesus' birthplace would have been like in Bethlehem. And what happened is, uh, when it says in our Bibles, there was no room available for them. There was no room in the end. People in Bible times were very hospitable. So what happened is, you you had typically an upstairs room, and this is a little house. Houses back in Bethlehem at this time, 2,000 years ago, were built into caves. You had a house on the upstairs, that would have been what they called the guest room. That would have been a very similar guest room, what they call upper room, where Jesus also held his Lord, the Lord's Supper was, his final meal before his crucifixion. This is what a house would have looked like in Jesus' birth time. So, but the lower area, that wouldn't have been, that door there, that would have been the main part of the house. And when you first walk into a house, it would have been an area that would have had a feeding trough along with uh, uh, hay and stuff for the animals. Then if you keep going back into the house, you see uh, more bedrooms. Well, Mary and Joseph, they went to Bethlehem, but because a lot of people had traveled to Bethlehem because of the census, the guest room up top was taken because they, they, they probably arrived late and the guest room was taken, so they had to take that downstairs door area there. And what would happen at Bible times is you would typically bring uh, your valuable animals at night so no one stole them or they didn't walk off you would bring them inside the first part of your house. And that would have been the area that Mary and Joseph would have been in when Jesus was born. So that, inside that little door would have been a feeding trough and some hay, and, and the, then the, whoever lived in this house would have back bedrooms and a kitchen and stuff like that that they would be in. So this is a home very similar to what Jesus would have been born into. They didn't get the guest room. Because of the census, the place was packed. The inn was the very top. They're down in the bottom with the animals. And that would have been the feeding trough that they would have gone to. I thought that was a fantastic picture illustrating what Jesus' home life would have been like when he was born. So look here in verse 8. Look what occurs. That very night, Jesus was born. In the same region. So Jesus is born at night. And there are shepherds out in the fields. So Bethlehem would have been the area, I preached on this three weeks ago, would have been the area that they raised the sheep that would have been used in the lambs for the sacrifice in the temple at Jesus' time. So what's occurring is these shepherds, this was a job that you would just, 
st- just be there all night long and you're watching sheep. I mean, you think about jobs in life and why did God choose these shepherds? I mean, first of all, in the middle of the night, they were on the clock. They were available. I mean, most people are asleep. They're in their house, but these guys are standing in a field watching sheep. What a boring job. I mean, you're just there. And they didn't have cell phones. They didn't have any toys to play with. They're just standing there, just making sure no robber comes in the middle of the night and steals your animals and make sure uh, the animals don't run away. So they're watching these sheep here. And then all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord appears to these shepherds. That's where we pick up in verse 8. In the same region, this would have been on the outskirts of Bethlehem, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over the flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Naturally, we would have been terrified too. It it catches you off guard. You weren't prepared for this. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. So they're on the outskirts of Bethlehem, and they're having these these angels, angel Lord appear to them, announcing the birth of Jesus And they are terrified, thinking, what is going on? This was just a regular night. And you. next thing I know, this angel is speaking to me. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. That's the clue that the child is going to be the Messiah. Because most babies probably aren't lying in a manger when they're born. The Bible says here, glory to God. So suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts. So then all these angels appeared just to reconfirm this. With the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. You know, one of the great things we do is we get to come during Christmas season and we are praising and honoring the Lord. These angels are singing and giving glory to God. It is wonderful to come to church and to go home and to listen to Christmas songs and Christmas carols. We're praising the Lord for His goodness. When, when the angels, now keep going here in verse 15. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, so they went back to heaven, that's where angels are, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. This surprised them, obviously. So they're thinking, hey, We'll just leave our animals here. And we're going to travel over to Bethlehem down the road. And let's see this. So I guess the sheep just started watching themselves. There wasn't any supervision at this moment. So they're there. And the shepherds just, it's probably two, three in the morning. They just head down the road. Who's going to know? There's no video cameras during this time. We'll just walk down and see baby Jesus. And it says they hurried off. So they're, they're hustling. I believe they're hustling for several reasons. Number one, they're leaving their job. They're supposed to be watching the sheep. And remember, whose sheep are these? These weren't just their sheep. They were the like you would If you had sheep, you would hire a shepherd who would watch and feed your, and breed your animals. And that this, they would just be there. 
and they would just wait. It'd be like if you had a horse, you just you stick them at Keeneland. So right down the road's Keeneland there, and those, that's where the horses are, and that's where the people who watch horses and feed horses and breed horses, that's what they do there at Keeneland. So that, that's down yonder, but that's where the angel appeared, but baby Jesus, they was born right here. So they're going to hurry over here because they're leaving their sheep to go check and see what is going on right here. And it's, look at this. They hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger, just as the angels told them. It, it confirmed them. After seeing them, they reported a message that they were told about this child. So they rejoice. You know, why the shepherds? These are just common people. There was nothing special or unique about the shepherds. Although the Bible does tell us in John 10.9, Jesus used the analogy of the shepherd to describe his work. And what he does. He says, I am the good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd in your life. It's no accident that you're here. This entire year, you know, we sang that we Three Kings, a song that I almost sang but didn't. And it talks about the kings were being guided. Throughout this year in 2023, God has guided you. Think about, I mean, can you think 12 months ago when this year started? Think about all the things that have happened in your life in the past 12 months. God has, is guiding these shepherds. He guided the, uh, the wise men. And He's guiding us. That is what the good shepherd does. And this new year in 2024, God will just guide you. Some of you here, uh, were here to this Christmas Eve candlelight service one year ago, and you had other family members sitting with you. And some of those family members are now with the Lord. I mean... And it's hard to be here because you look around and there's a missing spot in the pew because someone is not here who was once here. And God has guided you through that this year. You weren't prepared for it. You weren't expecting it. But that is what happened. And that is what is occurring right here. God is leading these shepherds to baby Jesus. And whenever God guides us, do you know where He guides us to? He guides us to Jesus. No matter where you're at in life, God, everything points to Him. The wise men were being guided a thousand miles away in the east. They're following a star. The shepherds are being guided because they're out in the fields watching sheep and they're being told, you go into Bethlehem and you look for a baby lying in a manger. That's your sign. And all these angels are speaking to them. Mary and Joseph were guided from Nazareth used by some pagan emperor named Caesar Augustus, he had no clue. He's just thinking, I'm just going to collect more money. And he doesn't realize he was just in a tool in the hands of the Lord being guided from Nazareth down to Bethlehem. Do you just see how the workings of the Lord just guides us along? And it all leads to the same place. And that's to Jesus Christ. And that is what, truly what Christmas is all about. And it says here, when they arrived in verse 18, says they, they report this message that they were told about the child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. The shepherds were actually the very first evangelists. They go out and share the Christmas stories in the middle of the night with people who needed to hear it in Bethlehem. Whoever was up that next morning, they began hearing about what happened at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning. While everyone else is asleep, these shepherds are telling the story about how 
Jesus was born in this manger and He is the coming Messiah that we have been awaiting. And then it goes on to say in verse, verse 19, But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and was meditating on them. So Mother Mary did not, she ne- never forgot any of these first Christmas memories here. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard. Just as they had been told. These shepherds here, not only are they, were they available in the middle of the night, not only did this fulfill Scripture that the baby was going to be born in a manger, but I want to tell you this. This is what we want to take away from the shepherds in this entire story. The shepherds are a picture of how we're to respond to Jesus. We should look at these men and respond the same way. It says they hurriedly went to Bethlehem. They were excited to see if this is true. These angels just appeared. Lord spoke to them. They want to see, is it true? Is there a baby lying in a manger? That angel in the middle of the night, middle of nowhere, told me about. And not only that, when they found out it was true, and when we realize it's true, the next response, it says they went and told everyone about this. They began telling others about Jesus. And that is the Christmas story for us. We need to be excited for the birth of Jesus. We celebrate that tomorrow. And not only that, that's a message that we do not hold within ourselves. And we, literally as the hymn goes, go tell it on a mountain. There is exciting news to go share with others. So at this time here, I want to encourage you to pull out your candle.